Hello and welcome, Calcio fans. This is United by Calcio, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey, just like my pen just took that thrilling journey onto my desk and clattered through the heart of Italian football. Um, well, welcome. My name is Christian. Um, sorry we missed you last week. I am joined, as always, by Robbie. Yes, sir. Welcome, Robbie. Um, yeah, so we we were not around last week, huh, Robbie? Right? We just kind of disappeared. No, off the face of the earth for the holiday season. That's right. Yeah. So a uh, bit uh, of unexpected technical difficulties on my end. Couldn't really record. Uh, internet connection went down. But hey, we're back now. That's all that matters. With that, we've got quite a bit to cover. I mean, weeks 16 and 17 of Serie A. Quite a bit going on during this period of time. It's not as if it was a boring uh, boring week or two of, uh, of action, right? No, it was great. Two games for each team, at least some had three and a lot of events happened. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was, uh, there, there was plenty to grab onto and you know, I'd be remiss if I did not ask that we start with Juve because it was sort of a topsy-turvy couple of weeks there, right? I mean, we, we, we start off with Genoa, a 1-1 draw, which, let's just be honest, it was, it was lackluster at best. That, that's, that's what that performance can be categorized as, in my view. And then they follow that performance up with, uh, with a win. They got the three points against Frosinone, but they, they left it to late, very, very late. I mean, impressively so. Now, let's start with the Genoa matchup and just sort of discuss what went wrong for Juve in that matchup. Yeah, I mean, this is Juve in 2023-24. It's just, it's gritty, not pretty. And they're going to struggle through a lot of games because they're just not attractive football. And this is the result that happens when you don't have that killer instinct to finish games off that you may have had in many games this season. Example, Frosinone game, like Vlavic with the killer header from Weston. Like that's the killer instinct you need. If you're Juventus, like you get your few chances and you take them. And that just didn't seem to go their way against Genoa. No, I mean, absolutely. Uh, it seemed as if part of it is what you mentioned, the, the the whole point of this team lacks a bit of that grit. It, it just doesn't have that ability to just grind out those really tough matches and overcome those difficulties. It seems like they sort of collapse at the sign of any sort of stress which is not great, doesn't bode well, which is great great for us this season because of the fact that we're not in any European competition, right? So it's great when you're doing that. But if you're in a Champions League and you're in the, you know, well, you're still in Copa Italia, but if you're in a Champions League and you're dealing with all these other competitions, you have, you're going to have a much more difficult time performing this way, right? This specific game, the Genoa Inter game, it, it, it's not it's not difficult to look at it and say, this is not how we expect Juventus to play at their worst, right? Let alone at their best. At least that's not how I expect this team to play. 
perhaps that's my problem. Maybe I have too too high expectation, but I mean, we, we had an opportunity to keep things tight with Inter in terms of the, the table, right? Now we're four points back and Inter is chugging along just fine. I mean, outside of Coppa Italia, kerfuffle, Inter's doing just fine. So where does Juve go from here? Because there are, there are some significant issues, right, along the front line, along the midfield. What what do they what do they do next? Yeah, I mean, for Juventus, they really just need consistency from every position because it just feels like when one like a striker performs really well, then like a defender starts struggling and then they're conceding more goals. And it's like vice versa as they get zero zero and then oh they score two goals and like it's just. Consistently doing that, like, I mean, it's great that Kenan Yildiz, which I definitely didn't pronounce his name, like, started and scored his first goal in his first, uh, like, full cap. He played 35 minutes before that game. Yeah. And you're, I mean, I guess that's good. Like, you're going to need guys to step up that aren't just Chiesa and Vlaovic. Of course. But it just feels like there's no consistency in performances no. by single players. It just feels like one time, like half the team plays well, half the team play, struggles. And it's they can't consistently get quality results to get quality football being played. Um, and that's their biggest struggle. Thankfully, they are stronger than most in the league with Allegri's coaching them up pretty well. And yeah. they're getting most results. Um That'll be interesting going forward to see if now, like, oh, Inter doesn't play Copa Italia anymore. That yeah. not that that's like a lot of games, right. but that's at least some windows where they won't play games. Um, so that advantage that Juventus has of not playing European competition slowly dwindles. And will Absolutely. that matter at the end of the year? We'll find out. Oh, that's a great point. Uh, th- this team definitely lacks uh, consistency uh, at, at every level. I mean. You look at the fact that Chiesa has, well, well he started really, really uh, well the season, right? He hadn't scored up until very recently. I think it was uh, week 16, right? Match day 16 is when he scored, um, if I'm not mistaken. Anyhow, so he, he hadn't scored for a while. He had gone quite a ways there. Uh, and, and same with Vlavic. Vlavic has just been cold for a while at this point. The midfield has been up and down at best. Backline outside of Bremer has been inconsistent. And you've got to wonder, right now, we're, you know, Juve's holding on there, right? Second place. You can't really complain too much about that because you look at the standings and they are second, 40 points, 12, 4, and 1. That's not a bad record at all. Four draws and one loss with a goal difference of 15. Not bad. You'll take that any day. But again, this sort of is against a backdrop of what expectations are for this team, right? This this team, Juventus, is not expected to just sort of hum on by, right? Just like Inter, just like uh, Napoli, just like uh, Milan are not expected to just hum on by. You're expected to be victorious and decisively so. With that said, is a Vlaovic experiment coming to an end? I hope not. I mean, look, that was a great goal, but then you see 
him get the winner against Frosinone, like he rises up above everyone and puts a class header into the side. Yeah. Like, like it's exactly what you want out of your striker. 100%. Like for me, he is that guy still. And he should start every, like Milik is not that guy. No, he's, he's not. He's such an average striker. He's and a backup, right? That's that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's great to have. Like, I would be happy with Milik as my third striker or whatever. But <laughs> Vlavic is the guy. Yeah. Like that's like he is so his quality can raise a team to be that guy. And if he's getting the service, then he's gonna perform. Problem is that service isn't consistent. No. Then he has inconsistencies. So it's just like it can be frustrating with him, but I feel like that's more of a team thing than a Vlaovic thing. It, you know, it is a team thing, and I do agree with you. I think he does not get enough service as well. I, I and, I and I still want to believe, mind you, that he is going to be the future of this project because I do like him as a player. I think he can make that next jump. The only problem that I am facing when looking at his play is the tantrums, the many tantrums he throws on the field. The body language is so bad. And that, I, I think, anyways, if I'm playing behind him, seeing that the whole game feels a little defeating, does it not? Doesn't exactly hype the team up. I get it. I just, that's, you want your striker to have a mentality where he is just like, he wants the ball all yes. the time. And it's, if they don't win, it's his fault. Like he definitely burdens himself mm -hmm. with a lot more responsibility. Yeah. And that's why, for me, that's why I see him so frustrated all the time. Yeah. And, and I get it. That can def as a Juve fan, I would understand that. Yeah. That can be annoying. Um, for me as an outsider, I feel like Kiesa also has bad mannerisms. He does, 100%. But I I mean, I hate both, so that's <laughs> that's my interest in me. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Normal, normal. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think it's funny you mentioned that, right? You're right. That That is true. Kiesa also has those mannerisms. Um, Kiesa, however, it, it seems as though, yes, he's ineffective uh, a lot, more than I'd like to see. But at the very minimum, I feel like he's always fighting to get into the box. Vlaovic, I I honestly can't point to one thing specifically because there's so many of those little things that he does wrong. His off-the-ball play is just terrible. His movement off the ball has been really bad. Uh, his ability to hold a play, I, I mean, he's a six foot three, what, 200-something pound striker. Like, he, he's... He should be able to hold a play much better than he does. His passing ability, I'm like, what? What is going on here? I see some of some of his passes and some of his shooting attempts, and it makes Gatti look like he's in good company. <laughs> and it just kind of makes you wonder. This is not. I don't expect this from the guy who's going to be likely be leading the Juventus front line for you know the next whatever five years or so. It, it's very frustrating to see that, right? Uh, and those are important, right? Just as, as just as it is important to have that striker's sort of nose, right? That ability to get right where you need to be to to knock the knock the ball into the net, right? It is also important to, to know where you need to be when you don't have the ball, and to know how to hold up play properly. I think Lautaro does that very well for 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 Inter, for instance. Even though he's not a six foot three, you know, two hundred something pound, you know, striker. 
No, but and then if you bring up mentality, like that feels like Toro is very strong in like mentality. Like that man will run through a wall yeah. to win a game. Like he I mean, I'm again, I'm biased. I love that guy. <laughs> like he just he makes all the right runs. He makes really strong passes. Yeah. And he's you never see him in a negative mood no. unless he's yelling at the ref, which he does quite a lot. Yes, he does. Um, as he's on, lying on the ground for a foul, he's just <laughs> yelling at the ref. Um, but yeah, even if like when he struggles, like with a shot, like mm-hmm. boom, you can tell like, okay, yep. We're on to the next. We're going to keep going. We're going to find the goal. That's like the mentality that he has. And it, yeah. at least it seems like that. Um, so yeah, of course you'd want to see that more of Vlavich. Um, and it does seem in that comparative that he does complain far more. And yet the mannerisms are definitely not good. And then it sort of leads me to, to the next part of this. And uh, I want to sort of discuss the overall uh, makeup of this team, because obviously they play in the same formation right now. Juve doesn't exactly have much flexibility to be able to, you know, throw around multiple <laughs> formations, right? Uh, three, five, two is where it is. That's where it's staying. We're not changing from that. Uh, it's not as if we've got uh, an ov- overtly uh, reliable, you know, second tier lineup, right? We're just waiting to come off the bench. We don't. Uh, the the ability to sort of stretch into a a wider formation, maybe leave Chiesa out on the wing, right? Actually, let him be his natural winger self. That's not going to happen anytime soon, right? He's sort of working fine in that center center forward type position right right behind Vlavic. It kind of works. It's fine. But in the long run, I'm looking at this this team's performances and, and the, like I said, the formations remain relatively similar. It's not really working, right? Am I just am I am I am I the only one that sees that? Something's not really working here in this three five two. I wouldn't say it's not working because like 40 points through 17 games. They are comfortable in second place and probably won't give it up. Like, that's a really good season for Juventus Mm. when we're looking at it prior to the year. Mm. Like, this is exactly... Like, they're on pace to get 80-plus points. Yeah, That's pretty good. Like, we have two games left left until halfway, Mm -hmm. and they probably will be at least at 44 points. Yeah. And... Like, that's on pace for 88. That's a heck of a season. It is. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. for me, I just feel like this they're having a very good year results-wise. Mm-hmm. Just from the eye test, they don't pass. No. But that's – like, so it, it does feel like the bill is going to come due that's where the, issue, the yeah. results start falling back. But sometimes – that's just how gritty teams do it. They just, that's fair. They don't look pretty and they just find the goal like against Frosinone and they just get ways to win. It feels like every game I've watched against, yeah. which Juventus, mm-hmm. like the Monza game, they concede late and then bang. Yeah. Gatti. <laughs> I mean, like that's true. Yeah. It's just like, it feels like every game is just like, okay, they need a late goal. Bang. They get it. And yeah, like it, like against Hellas Verona, they scored in the ninety seventh minute. Yep, um, absolutely. Like it's not, it's not 
great to watch. It's not like what I'm going to tell a neutral and be like, you got to watch this Juventus side. <laughs> yeah, like right. definitely not going to tell that as yeah. like an advertisement for the league. Mm-hmm. But they're comfortably in second place. Like they are 10 points clear of a Champions League spot. Like that's how comfortable they are 17 games in. Like Fiorentina's in fifth at 30 points. Mm-hmm. And there's no way in the world that they're catching no, Juventus. No, no, no. Roma right. are or yeah. Napoli like from where they currently are. And it just feels like even if the results, mm-hmm. I have a hard time seeing Juventus falling below third. I could see Milan going on a run and Juventus then having a little bit of a struggle, mm-hmm. but outside of them at this point, it's hard to see them falling hard. I still think they'll push Inter. And they very well might, right? And and I'm I'm not denying that that's not going to So, let me backtrack a second. And I their def- what was that? Sorry, go on. No, what was that? What were you going to say? I just said I get it. No, I mean, I, I, so I think for me, it's it's really about that bill coming due. That's more of the concern I have because it, we've seen it with many teams, right? It, unfortunately, you can't make a $100 product look like a $100 million product, right? That just is not possible. So unfortunately, at some point, there's going to come a point in the season where you just can't you just can't do it anymore, right? You just hit your wall, your natural sort of performance wall. That is my concern right there. And they might not, right? I might just be totally wrong next season. We talk about it and we're like, yeah, I was totally wrong. I just don't see how this they can keep this up because this is there's a lot of luck in football in general, but they're relying on luck a lot more than uh, the average team, I feel like, is. Inter is sort of knocking in, knocking games out of contention really the way that they're playing right i mean granted outside of the uh bologna loss um you know generally speaking 2-0 is a result right that is what you want especially when you're playing in a weaker opponent 2-0 put the game out and that's it move on but they're leaving games too late 1-1 they allow bologna to come back and goodmanson good good for him i mean that was a good shot um he gets it right that's that's what happens, unfortunately, when when you're sort of sort of sloppy in your midfield and your backline, and they just let them have the goal twenty minutes after they scored, and that was it. There was really no life after that, which was unfortunate. But you know, I could sit here and talk about Juve and all of the shortcomings for the next forty minutes, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to resist that temptation. So with that, let's talk about your favorite topic. Shall we? Inter. They had a few games there, right? There was some eventful uh, gameplay there. Um, yeah, there was two great games and one uh, very disappointing game. Yeah. Um, let's start out with the big one, which was against Lazio. Uh, 2 nothing win, where Toro and Toron both score. Good win. Um, Good win. This is the type of game that you just see so often with Inter. Yeah. The first, like, 30 minutes of that game was just straight suffering. Like, Lazio were all over them, and Inter had no business being in the game. Like, Lazio absolutely had to put a chance away or two. Mm -hmm. And just Inter just suffer, 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 suffer. And that one moment that Lazio give them, bang. One nothing Inter, and it's just like uh, what just happened. Like Lazio are playing well, and now it's one nothing, and then yeah. Lazio 
didn't really play that great after the goal. Inter then started to assert its dominance um, with the possession and then got the second goal. Um, but that just feels like that's so Inter. It's just, again, at least in the bigger games and against the smaller teams, it does feel like Inter just yep, press right away and then bang, goal, and then they are on, on their way. Um, like against Lecce. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt, once they got that first goal, it was... It was good. And Jan Bisek, what a performance from him. Like every time it feels like one person goes down at that one of the center back spots, someone else steps up and it just doesn't feel like we lost, like Inter lost anything. Like the fact that that Skriniar was playing in that spot early last season, Mm -hmm. I was saying Skriniar was one of the best defenders in the world. And you honestly wouldn't know that you lost that player. No, which is wild to me. Yeah, it is. Which is another like credit to Inzaghi. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Inzaghi's done a great job, and and we talked about this in the uh, last episode of Touchline Tension. But with uh, you know, with that in mind, I mean, Lazio, I think did every almost everything right. Uh, yeah, losing against Bologna, not great. It, you know, you got to give it to the Bologna team, though. I mean, the, both goals were in extra time. That that is impressive. And, Not both goals. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know you, you know mean. what I mean. Sorry, um, but uh, nonetheless, this team is just absolutely a pleasure to watch. Is really the best way I can put it. I think Bologna is awesome. Xerxes, great. He's going to get paid. He has a release clause of like forty million dollars, yeah. and someone can buy it. Bayern will get half of it, or they can buy him for twenty. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what way that goes. Um, but yeah, and. I've said all along, like, it's great to have someone like Hakan who can step up to the penalty spot yeah, exactly. and score every single time. Yep. And this is why I don't like Lotaro taking penalties. Yeah. That game should have been it should not have been an extra time. No. It should have been over not. before it. Yep. And that was great. Like you kept them at bay the yep. whole time. And then Carlos Augusto scores. That's great. His first goal ever for first goal for Inter. Pretty sure. Um and then just two mental lapses, just bang, and all of a sudden, Bologna are through. That's that's it. And it was a great performance from, like, Indoy had a great finish, and it was a great pass from Xerxes, and just you can't take those moments off. That's something that Inter has been so good in managing the moments yeah, and not taking those moments off, and then there you go. That There you have it. And then worst thing is, Toro gets hurt yeah, and misses the next game, which he'd played 89 straight games. That is an absurd number. That is absolutely absurd. Yeah. I mean, that does not, uh, that does not, <laughs> that's wild. I mean, you're talking in a time when you talk about every, every player, almost it feels like getting an injury every, every week. It feels like at times that's impressive. That's longevity right there. Um, you got to give it to Inter. I mean, they they performed. Uh, you've also also just something to note uh, as far as Bologna is concerned. They didn't exactly play with their full starting lineup here in this game, right? They they had, they had made no. some rotations. I mean, they still performed well. You got like, that's impressive tenacity to hang in there. And yes, Lautaro, by the way, probably should retire from penalty taking. Um, I agree. Someone's got to be better. Like, you, like obviously, Hakan is the guy when it matters. Right. But 
that mattered and he wasn't on the field to take it. No. Someone else has got to be the guy because it feels like Toro. I don't know that I have the stats in front of me, but like Toro just isn't the guy. It feels like every time he goes up, he's like at best a 50% shooter from a penalty spot. And that is just not something good. No, no. I mean, you, you want one much better than 50%. Uh, when it comes to penalties, I mean, th- those should be the sort of quote unquote easy uh, goals you, you get, right? Again, quote unquote, easy goals are not always easy. Yeah. But uh, I think last season, if I'm looking at this correctly, he had taken two shots um, penalty wise, had two opportunities, and he made one, right? That's not great. That's a 50% shot. Granted, that also shows that he's not really trusted in that regard. Makes sense. You know, I, I think, what was that? Hakan is the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And he was he started last year as well. Of course. I mean, he he definitely is that guy. I think that the primary issue is who else would you have taking them? Arnautovic? Fratesi? Who? Who would have it? Acerbi? Bastoni? I mean, in that spot, I have no idea. Like it just feels like I don't know. Fratesi might be able to take one. Maybe. But again, he's young, so like it's yeah. I don't know. Like there's like Aslani, maybe. That's why not? This is the type of game you give it to him yeah. and let him shoot it. But again, like if Toro scores, no one talks about it. Like, so no, one, yeah. Like, I probably would say, yeah, Toro take it, even though I don't feel comfortable about it because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel comfortable about any of the others. Davy Glosson, I probably would have actually taken it. Like, I probably, mm, probably not. That guy is just so <laughs> bad. He's just not good. He's not a good footballer. It, it is what it is. I do wonder, though, is it a mental block? Is there some sort of issue? I mean, because, you know, he clearly can score. What is it about the penalty spot that, like, freaks him out? You know, it just does make you think. He's clearly uh, a star player. I mean, in big spots, he scored him. Right. Like, he scored it in the World Cup penalty shootout Yeah, um, against the Netherlands. Um, what is it? So it's like, I don't know. It just feels like. He Weird. probably second guesses himself Could be. of which way he wants to go. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like he d- hits him crisp. Right. Like when Hakan hits him, they are side netting. Yeah. And Toro hits him and it, they're very much saveable. And that's really it. Like just smash the thing. Like I love when a goalie comes mm-hmm. up and takes it and yeah. just smashes it in the middle. That is my favorite thing. Whenever I see a goalie take a penalty, yeah. it's Please stay in the middle. They're just going to smash it there. They're, they ain't manual newer, unless no. they are manual newer. And then <laughs> right. you probably should dive. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I mean, they, 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 they sort of recovered there, right, against Lecce. Uh, 2-0. That's a good game. Good way to end things, so to speak, right? Uh, that, that was a, a good finish. You got Arnautovic playing. You got um, Taram joining him up front. So, you know, it wasn't Taram's most exciting game, let's be let's be honest, but this guy's playing very well for you guys. Uh, let's be serious. Seven goals, six assists this season. 15 goals and two assists for Lautaro. That's a nice front line. I got to say, that's a nice front line. Those are good stats right there. He's, I mean, Lautaro currently is at the at the forefront of the Serie A top scorers race. At 15, Domenico Berardi is at nine, and Lukaku's at eight. Uh, and I think uh, uh, Turam is somewhere right behind there, right, at seven. That's not bad to have, you know, two of the of Serie A's top scorers in a, in a in a sort of top ten, let's say. Not bad. It's fantastic. It's exactly what you want. Um, and 
Toro getting hurt, and thankfully it's not anything major. Right. Yeah, would kill this team. Like that is a major loss if it was anything long term. The big key here is Barella is starting to find his form, and he's yes. openly talked about how he had a mental shift, and now all of a sudden he's back to being what he was. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Which I mean, you wouldn't have noticed like when you were looking at the table and stuff. No. But in his last four games, he has two goals, two assists mm-hmm. for Serie A, um, which is fantastic. Like that's yeah, you want more of that? That's what we want. Like that pass from Arnautovic, the back heel was just so perfect. It was yeah. perfectly timed. Yeah, the run great. from Barella was great. Then no, like knowing it was there, and then just casually dribbles by um, Falcone, and it's like great. We, like that's what I want to see from Barella, just like running into the box, like being that threat from all over the place um so what he's so great at like against barcelona last year um but yeah if like you lose one of toro or Taram, everyone else has to step up and just chip in oh absolutely i mean this team very much so runs through through uh lataro martinez uh he is the guy and it was a new what new valuations were posted out. He is the most expensive player in Serie A at 110 million euros, and that's by far. It's not even close. Um, you know that we could we can go into that discussion another day, but uh, mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't really bode well for the rest of Serie A, um, considering that he's really far and away the the top uh, player. With that though. Let's uh, move on to discussing this Bologna team who have made it into the top four. They are in there. I mean, not comfortably, but they're there. One point away uh, from Fiorentina and three from Roma. That's impressive. They've like kicked Napoli out of the top four. I mean, this team doesn't lose. No. It's, they don't lose. They might, they might draw a lot, but they don't lose. And they just find ways to win games. Like, that Roma game wasn't anything, like, fun to watch. Right. But just, they play so well. Yeah. And there really wasn't any chance. Like, both teams, it felt like, played very reserved. Mm -hmm. But then just Bologna got their goals. They found a way. And then they didn't have to play very expansive football. They just kind of weathered the storm, and Roma just... Roma themselves. <laughs> There's no other way to yeah, say it. But then against like Inter, it's not like mm-hmm. Bologna played great. Like they just right. they hung around. Then when it push came to shove, they took their chances. And Joshua Zerzi is unbelievable. Like yeah. he is so good, yes, and it's great for the league that he's performing in this Bologna size. Um, performing, and then like Lewis Ferguson is just yeah. great. We've been saying it since basically since. The second week of the season, mm-hmm. we're like, wow, this guy is really impressive. He Just is. finds a way. Great header. Assist from Orsolini, mm-hmm. who's probably going to, who's starting to work his way back, which is even bigger for Bologna that they've been doing this massive run without him. Seven unbeaten. Sorry, six unbeaten straight. And yeah, they just keep going. Yeah, this team is, is impressive. I mean, I, I, I don't even know. Uh, what, what else to say? I mean, this is this team just like you said it. You, they don't lose, for one. 
they don't make dumb mistakes. That's that's one of the biggest things I've noticed. They just, you know how we were talking about Juve early on, right? Making those dumb mistakes, those mental errors. Like giving up a goal 20 minutes after you scored. You know, maybe, maybe you should like be a little more careful, a little more aware. Before that, it was like uh, within minutes of, of scoring against, uh, well, I forget who, you, who it even was against. But nonetheless, there's like those mental errors, right? And Thiago Mota has this team playing a very, very careful game. That, to me, is the most impressive thing. Very disciplined from the get-go. That is hard to do when you've got players who perhaps are not exactly the best players in the world and facing some of the best teams in the world, right? And the fact that Thiago Mota has managed to do this with Aloni and Salamakers, right, who's playing much better than he did at Milan. This is what you want when you send a guy out on loan. Xerxes, who has just been, I mean, what a signing, right? Smart business on Bologna's end. And then Endoye uh, and Ferguson. I mean, I don't even know what else to say there, right? It's it's amazing. This this team and Thiago Mota, this man deserves to be hired by 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 a bigger team for sure. And I just oh, wonder yeah. how long he he's going to be. He will be going to a big club very soon. And, like, it's even more impressive when you look at the age stats mm -hmm. of, like, who his players are. Because it is so hard for a team that's so young right. to go up against grown men who've been doing this for years. Exactly. And just to continue to put in good performance after good performance. Absolutely. And it's just so impressive. Like Ferguson is 24. Mm -hmm. Ndoy is 23. Xerxes is 22. Like these Salamacher is still 24. Ferg I already said Ferguson is 24. But it's just like these guys are so young. They and are. And they keep performing so well. Um. Like, Froiler is their big, like, vet. Yeah. He's 31, so he is actually a vet. Right. Um, um, and, like, of course, Skrobsky is their goalie, mm -hmm. um, is a vet. But it's just so impressive to see them continue to have such young players and perform to such a high standard. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, when you, when you look at this team's ability to fight out, and, again, for me, the, the Coppa Italia round of 16 matchup against Inter, that shows that grit, right? I, and then you mentioned the grit Juve uh, show, so to speak. And and you know what? Fair enough that they do show grit and they do come back last minute. But to me, this is like the definition of grit: sticking to it, even though you know you're over, you're outmatched, right? Even at their worst, Inter still outmatch you, and they stuck with it. They didn't give up. They didn't lose hope. They waited until the very end, and they did it, right? And jo Joshua Xerxes, I mean, you mentioned it. I've mentioned it 1,500 times at this point. What a player. Two assists on top of the seven goals. I, I mean, what, what, what's the ceiling for this team? What are we talking here? Are, are we saying potentially they could end up in the top four? Would that be shocking? Would that be surprising if this team stayed in the top four by the end of the season? I think the way we've seen them, I would not be surprised if this team ends in the Champions League spot. If you said it before the season, yeah, I'd be stunned. And if you tell a neutral who doesn't really watch Serie A, they'd, of course, be like, well, who is this team? Right. And that, that's fair. But they absolutely, the way they're playing, they absolutely deserve to. Yeah. Like, they are playing great. Um, and the best thing for Bologna that I see is 
they went down one nothing against the league leaders. Yeah. In Copa Italia. They got punched in the face and then they just got up and were like, Yeah, you can hit, but we can hit too. Boom. <laughs> They yeah. got, they're up 2-1. Absolutely. And then even in the league game, they were down 2 nothing at San Siro. Boom, 2-2. Two, two. Like, they just aren't scared of anyone. No. And it shows. It's all coming from Diego Mata. And, like, really just they are so fun to watch from, like, a impressive standpoint. Not really a football standpoint, but, like, a. It's so impressive that they just continue to get results after results. And at the end of the day, just right. like I say with Juventus, three points is three points. Well, that's they a, just they find a way to get it. That's exactly the thing you just mentioned there, right? The football, it's not exactly like this is Atalanta from four years ago, right? Where there was this just gorgeous ball, right, being played on the field at all times. And this team was just just playing footy. They were just out there for fun. Four or five goals a game, and it just felt like the most entertaining matchup of the week, right? Every time. It's not that. But the discipline that I mentioned earlier, right? They they are playing really, really well, and they're not making dumb mistakes. And I think sometimes, like, the, the biggest thing you could do is just reduce those mistakes. Because that can probably give you a hand up right there. If you can reduce the number of mistakes you make in a game, you're taking away your, your opponent's opportunities. And sometimes that'll be your difference, right? And it seems yeah. like this team has really mastered that discipline, which is, I mean, again, Tiago Mota, I think, is really responsible for that um, to, to a great extent. But with that, talking about, you know, teams that are maybe lacking a little bit of that discipline, right? I, I think it's safe to say, given the topsy-turvy season that they've had at this point, AC Milan, man. What is going on with Milan? What What is it that is actually going on with this team? Because they beat Newcastle in very much so last-minute fashion, but they did. Managed to get into Europa League. Fantastic news, right? Don't get kicked out of European competition. Then they beat Monza 3-0 at home. That's what you want. You know, inner, inner sort of region uh, derby. Fantastic. But then you tied Salernitana two two. Really, that that is that is that really the best this team can do? Yeah, I mean this team, one they're super inconsistent. That is true. They cannot stay healthy for the life of them. Tomori's hurt again. Kyer got subbed off at half for or basically half forty six minute against Salernitana. Mm-hmm. Um. But it just feels like they're, for me, before the season, I was like, okay, they're going to attack, 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 and score a ton of goals. They might concede a lot. It, they are conceding a lot. And the performance just feels iffy. Like, it just doesn't wow you when you think of an offensive, like, football brand. Like, they scored 3 nothing against Monza. They played great. Reinders scored immediately. Simic gets his debut goal. That's all exciting. Um, And, of course, Okafor gets the goal. But it just feels like you'll get that, and then you'll get the Salernitana where they score in a 90-plus minute to salvage a draw. And it's just like there's no consistency. Like this upcoming game against Sassuolo, who knows what's going to happen. Right. They could win 3-0. 
they could draw one one like they could lose to nothing it there's no predictability out of this team yeah like going to newcastle and winning two one mm-hmm. that's a great win it is but like what where did that come from right well that, that's the issue is like where did where did it come from because the first four games were pretty poor i mean first five games let's be serious were pretty poor inconsistency wise uh and and they sort of they came back and I, maybe it was like the having your back against the wall maybe that's sort of the thing that pushes you outside of your comfort zone and into greatness and that does happen right plenty of teams respond uh, to adversity very well and this team perhaps did just that the frustrating thing is of course the fact that this team does have a very good front line right Pulisic, Leao and Giroud well mind you Giroud has got eight goals and five assists this season in Serie A uh, Leao has not exactly had this his typical Leao season. No, nowhere near that. Pulisic is doing well, five goals and four assists. That's a good season right there. So there's clearly some pieces that are working together well, but it's it's like that consistency that you mentioned. Something's happening there, and I, and you're right. You mentioned one thing: the back line. That back line, I think, is is impacting the whole structure of this team greatly. Because when you're, when you're not able to, to play in your typical formation, right, in a comfortable play uh, play style you, you, you're used to, maybe that does throw things around, right? Maybe maybe you, you do have a harder time sort of figuring out where everyone is and, and finding a new place of comfort. Do they just need to, during the winter transfer season, right, do they need to get new players? Do they need to increase their depth? What, what is the next move? Uh, they definitely need more center backs, but they are going to recall uh, Matteo Gabbia um, from Villarreal, most likely. That's rumored, oh. um, which is good. That's a center back. There you go. Yes, that's one. But I like if they sure up the defensive line, I think they will be a good team, and they'll get way more consistent performances. Because right now, you're not getting the best version of Teo. No, like he is not. having to play way more reserved. Because there's so much more help needed. And also, like, Mike Magnan is not having a great year. No, he's like not. I, like, I get it. He makes some nice saves sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he makes a lot of errors yes, that are leading to goals now. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, makes an error and, nope, they a defender gets in, sweeps the ball out. It's just an error happens, bang, goal. And it's so inconsistent from him. Yeah. Because he makes, like... In the Salernitana game, he makes an error that leads to a goal right. and then just makes crazy saves. You're just like, all right, how is this the same goalkeeper? Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. Like they need him mm-hmm. to consistently be good and not make those errors because they can't afford to, especially with like Tamori being injured. Kai can't put, can't put in a 90-minute performance. Mm-hmm. Just et cetera, et cetera. No, it's true. And I mean, uh, this team's got to figure it out soon, sooner rather than later, because right now, well, it doesn't look too great, right? I mean, they, they are, they're, Bologna is creeping up on them. They are in third place. They're much further away from Juve and Inter at this point. And they're, they're seemingly continuing that backslide. Bologna is creeping up on them. Roma's not too far behind. You've got Fiorentina knocking on the door, too. They've got to respond somehow. And uh, we'll see how they respond against Sassuolo, right? Um, but I will. I do want to mention just one player before. I mean, we talk about this guy, I feel like, every other week. Antonio Candreva. Another goal and another assist. <laughs> this guy. Seriously. I mean, what he, is going he is on? Immortal. 
immortal. <laughs> what a player. Rejuvenation, huh? Apparently going to Saturnitana is a key. Yeah, I guess. We all should go to Saturnitana. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got nine points. What a team. I know, seriously. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe it's just the uh, fact that he's like the only player to really focus on, right? You sort of get the ball, uh, so to speak, uh, as much as you want. But nonetheless, not to take anything away from him, he he's done very well. I mean, I think three of those goals have been like Golazzo contenders. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're unbelievable. It's when insane. he scores, he scores. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, it's like, they are bangers. And it's always like he's like, you know, you're you're I'm I'm seeing him from like he's a third of the way up the field, away from the goalpost, and he's like, you know what, I could do this. I'm like, don't do it. Don't just don't Oh yeah. And he's measuring it. Like he's he's thinking mm-hmm. about doing it. Oh, you yeah. know what? I'm like now I'm just kind of hoping he does so I can see just my mind get, you know, blown to bits. But mm-hmm. we'll see what uh Candreva's got in store for us the rest of the season. We still got plenty. Plenty of games. 20, 20 more games to go. Maybe there'll be another 10 Lazos in there. Um, you never know. But with that, let's uh, quickly cover Roma. Uh, another topsy-turvy turnout for them. You know, they end up uh, losing 2-0 to Bologna, which got to give it to Bologna. We already talked about that. Then they went 2-0 against Napoli. This is like, this is what we've spoken about all season. Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, I don't know if that was a good performance by Roma. <laughs> like, they won 2 nothing. Yeah. I'm not trying to take that. that three points is three points. Right. Consistency. But that was an ugly game. Like, that was really ugly. And then Politano gets the red. Yeah. They get the goal. Osman gets a red. And then... There's a second. Like the it just felt like from minute one, almost all of Napoli was just so angry at who knows what and just they felt it felt like they played so undisciplined. They did. Yeah. And the whole game, it just felt like they were whining and just crying about anything. And then the Reds happen, and it's just like, oh, there it all goes. And you expect the team to be Roma that's getting the multiple Reds. Um, yes, you do. Which is like, yeah. they have no discipline. Yeah. Um, no. Which, I mean, Mourinho, of course, got a yellow card because that's Mourinho. Um, Absolutely. But, I mean, credit to them. Like, Napoli didn't come to play, but Roma found a way. Yeah. And that's the key. Like, Absolutely. It's... It- we're not going to see the Napoli that we got from last year. Like no. that last year is seems 10 years away. Like that happened 10 years ago. It does, yeah. And it was not last in May, last May because they look terrible. They're not the same team. They look like they're in a huge rebuild of something because they're like, they're not playing football. They're just doing something. They're just <laughs> like pick up soccer. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've seen better pickup games. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but you're right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I, I think on Roma's end, you're right. Uh, how many, four yellow cards? Was it Was it four total yellow cards or was it five with, uh, yep, it was f- six. Roma had six. Six, wow. Out of their starting 11 plus Mourinho. That tells you something, right, uh, about this team. That's Josie Mourinho's, I think, fourth or fifth yellow card this season. Surprisingly, Mancini's disciplined. I mean, can you believe this? Two <laughs> yellow cards all season. Who would have thought? Uh, That's you gotta love that. Fun. 
it's always funny whenever i watch mancini play i laugh uh because like you'll see a player go down and complain to the ref yeah. about like yeah. something and then he'll get in the player's face and like yell at him like he's doing something wrong i'm like mancini <laughs> i have seen you done that yeah. do this a thousand times mm-hmm. you need to just be quiet and just go back on the back line like you just gotta stop i mean you're you're but, completely right you're completely right uh, i will say he is a good player he is an underrated center back uh, he, he's a much better center back than people give him credit for. Um, however, he is a yellow card machine, or at least was not anymore. Apparently, I think that job has been taken by Paredes, who's got eight yellow cards this season, eight, just in case anyone's gotten confused, eight yellow cards for Paredes. Okay. You miss a game with after five. <laughs> oh my Lord. What is and probably another? Do you miss another after 10? I mean, I would imagine. I assume. Right. And then. Just talking about Napoli, what is what is going on in this team that both Politano and Osimhen get sent off? And for Politano, it's a straight red. And I mean, I saw the challenge. That was not that was not like a, oh maybe it wasn't. No, that that was a red. That that was a plain mm-hmm. and simple red. That that was a what are you doing? Like what are you thinking when you're going in like that? I mean, it just makes no sense. Like, how can they go from so good to so bad in such a... Like, I get it. Spalletti to Garcia and now Mazzari, who clearly, for me, isn't the guy. No. But maybe he needs more time. I don't... I would say no, but something's wrong. Like, Kim and Jay isn't the only reason this team is bad. Like, I get it. He was a great defender. And He's not he good. makes it for a lot, but Romani isn't even good anymore because he clearly doesn't have a guy. Like Juan Jesus, I mean, he was part of the banter inter era, and he is stinky. Yeah, <laughs> not, <laughs> not a good center that. back. Um, no. But just like Zielinski isn't giving the inspiring performances. No, Guisa played pretty. He played fine in this game. Can't really kill him for that. Um, no. But Labotka was meh. Politano didn't do anything. Kavara didn't do yeah. anything. Osman didn't do anything. So it's just like, yeah, you're getting so many performances from guys who were incredible last year. Absolutely. That are so bad. And I don't know when it stops. Like the bleeding is just going to keep going. Until it seems something that way. changes. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's going to stop. I mean, uh, the way this team is playing, you really, who's going to stop it? Like, what's going to stop it, right? Because Kvara is not, he doesn't, he does not look like him, like himself at all. He seems like he's frustrated at something. I have no idea what he's frustrated at. Uh, Osman honestly kind of looks like a shell of himself, too. Uh, just on a, every player will get a red card. I'm not really focused on that. It happens, right? It was a double yellow. Things can go wrong. You can make a dumb decision and whatnot. But when I, there has to be a point when Roma, when you're playing Roma and they're the more disciplined team between those two teams, you cannot be less disciplined than Roma. That just, I feel like for me, is not, not something, not a threshold you want to cross, right? When you're besting Roma on the field in terms of red cards, you've lost a game, right? You, you've oh, just yeah. lost all ability to function. Meaning maybe this is what's going on, right? I think Roma draws you in into that physical bruising kind of game where they go in for those heavy challenges. 
And if you're already pissed off, maybe you're more inclined to react accordingly, right? And so you let yourself get drawn into a game of physicality rather than actually playing your game of football, right? And I think to an extent, you can sort of argue that Roma just did a good job of drawing Napoli into their game. Because I don't think anyone's going to accuse Roma of playing like gorgeous ball once, you know, uh, you know oh, no. at any point. No. So that's, I think, what they do. They just play bruising football and they drew Napoli in and Napoli gets two red cards. I mean, why didn't Kvara just have a tantrum and make it three? That would have been great. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it does feel like everything's just a mental, like they don't have the mentality to do it again this year. It seems like it, yeah. Because it just feels like everywhere we go, Osman is complaining about something. Kavara is complaining about something. Yeah. And it's just like, how did you guys play so well and so composed and be so disciplined throughout 38 games last season? And this is the result that happened because your coach left and a center back left. Like, there must have been so many fires that Spalletti was putting out yeah. constantly right. if this is the result of him just not being here. I mean, you hear rumors that he was sleeping at the team offices, right? That That's where Spalletti apparently was living. He had a mattress in the team offices. And you, you wonder, was that was that just because he literally had to dedicate his entire existence to this team? And then maybe you, you think, you know, him leaving Napoli wasn't so much De Laurentiis as it was. Maybe he just wasn't interested in dealing with this anymore, right? For lack of a better yeah. way of putting it, right? You wonder what, what is going on back there. Like, what, what is going on behind the curtain? And uh, I don't know. Uh, one question that sort of gets me uh, maybe looking forward to next season. Do we see a mass exodus? Do we see a lot of the, you know, Kvadas, the Osimens leaving? I mean, yeah, he did just sign an extension, but that doesn't mean much of anything. I could see Osman leaving. I don't know about Kavara. It'll be it'll be interesting because then a lot of teams will see this season and be like, "Well, what happened here?" Yeah. So we might not pay the price tag that De Laurentiis wants. Um, but yeah, I mean, Osman, I definitely wouldn't be surprised at all. If, which I mean, they have Raspadori, which obviously isn't the same, but he's a very good player that can perform at this league in this at that level, um, and still put in inspiring uh, performances. For me, it's just you got to find the right coach, which clearly Mazzari is not it. No, and Garcia wasn't not. either. Um, maybe Diego Mont, Diego Mont. Maybe, yeah, absolutely. So there you go. <laughs> right. I mean, that's not that's not wrong. And I mean, you, you do sort of have to have to look at uh, creative options there because I don't think Conte is interested in coming into that um, rat's nest uh, situation with no. uh, De Laurentiis. Uh, he's just the egos are not there. Like De Laurentiis yeah. has an ego. Conte has an ego. To him, it just looks like a. there's no way uh, they're not going to be able to make it. But, you know, if, if, one thing I, I just want to take away from this, too, is uh, Kavada is got five goals and three assists this season. Nowhere near what he got last season, but still that's not a bad start to the season. Um, and then another player I want to point out is Lukaku. Eight goals and one assist this season. You know what? Can't blame him. Can't really say much about him. I mean, he's doing his job. He's doing his job. 
as much as Lukaku likes to talk him his way into sort of trouble constantly, I got to give it to him. He's playing. He's playing well, even when this uh, Roma team just isn't maybe giving him uh, the most. So yeah, it's just him and Dybala. That's how Roma go. Not bad though. Not bad, but, right? But he is playing well. Yeah, um, that's the uh, That's it. Well, you well. you don't miss him at this point. I mean, you you, you got Definitely plenty. Not. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh Good man. See you later. He deserves to be on that Roma team. <laughs> I'm surprised. Has he got any uh, any yellow cards? Actually, I didn't even see that. <laughs> but um, maybe maybe hey, did he in that game? Yeah, I wonder how many yellow cards he's gotten, right? I mean, the, the influence oh, I mean, of Roma he got a team. Red oh, he did. He did get that red card. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, I mean, with that, um, we are talking to Kobe Talia right now, um, but let's sort of just go over the current uh, situation there. We've got Bologna and Fiorentina facing off uh, on January 17th. Uh, the other matchup is to be decided because we've got Atalanta and Sassuolo playing on January 3rd. And before that, Milan and uh, Cagliari on January 2nd. That's going to decide the other matchup there. And then we've got Lazio waiting for their opponent, which is going to be decided by the Roma-Cremonese matchup. And uh, then we've got Frosinone waiting on, who, by the way, beat Napoli 4-0. Let's not for, you know quickly forget that one. Um, Juve and Salernitana matchup, which is coming up on the fourth as well. Anything to watch out for here, Robbie? I'd love a run by Bologna. I'd love it. They got Fiorentina. Yeah. You get, let's assume favorites win. They get the winner of Atalanta Milan. Bologna can win that game. They just beat Atalanta. Um, then in the final, you get Lazio, Roma, Juve, or Frosinone. Assuming again, we're just assuming no upsets. Yeah. Because it's easier to guess. But like, why not? That just seems great. Like, and like, that's exactly what you want in the yeah, cup. Absolutely. You want upsets. You want fun stuff. Like, that's heck yeah. Let's have some fun. Or, I mean, or Fiorentina. I wouldn't mind seeing Fiorentina win either. Those are the two teams that I'd like to see. Frosinone beating Juventus would be would be kind of funny. <laughs> I'd, I'd enjoy that. Like well, Sule or one of the Juve oh, Lomis no. scoring. That'd be so bad. And knock them out would be great. Like, that would be... I hope they would celebrate. That would I, make my day. They better not celebrate. <laughs> they better not they, celebrate. They That's a quick uh, quick way out of town. Oh, man. <laughs> Celebrating. <laughs> It'd be so fun. Uh, that'd be a quick way out of town. <laughs> that's that's a really express yeah. ticket back to wherever it is that you want to go mm-hmm. to. Um, if that happens, I I mean, we will have an entertaining podcast. If Juve lose to Frosinone after playing them and beating them, I, I w- we will have a podcast. I swear, I promise to everyone oh, yeah. listening, there will be a podcast, and I will not be a very happy podcaster. Uh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> No, don't don't say that. Just don't be mean like that, man. Yeah, come on. No, I wish the worst. Oh, on come you. on, great. come yes. on. But yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, this this matchup. I mean, can you imagine if we get a Lazio Roma, which we should Lazio Roma matchup? Heck yeah, that's a nice uh, Ro- uh, David Italia. Yeah, or David Di- della Capitale. I'm sorry. Uh, matchup there. Let's say uh, Juve make it to, to Frosinone. Uh, Edge of Frosinone. That could be a good matchup. Juve Lazio. Mm-hmm. I mean, Juve Lazio. Juve Roma. Um, I agree. You know, Bologna or Juve doesn't seem like a far-fetched final no. conclusion there. You and, get Milan. Uh, 
that's a good matchup. Either one of yeah. those, really. There's some good matchup potentials here. So looking forward to that. And I don't exactly say that often about Coppa Italia, but <laughs> there's that. Uh, and then just finally, uh, briefly going over the Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League standings, where things are right now, right? So Milan have made it to Europa League at this point. They've got a play, uh, playoff, right? Uh, Inter are fine. <laughs> Napoli are good. And so are Lazio. Lazio are playing Bayern uh, on the 14th of February, <laughs> which is fantastic for them. Uh-huh. I know, exactly. Napoli could probably do maybe, who depends on who which Napoli shows up, could do fine against Barcelona, right? On the I was just saying, I'm like, we are crushing Napoli for how bad they've been, and, and we're gonna talk them up. They can play with Barcelona. <laughs> Look, like, man, Barcelona should absolutely obliterate them. I, I should just they? can't. Like last year's Napoli team, sure, yeah, that's a different yeah, yeah. contest, right? This year's Napoli team. And this year, I mean, again, Barcelona had a great year yeah. Um, last year. And they're starting to struggle a little, a little bit. They're down to fourth. But still, they've only lost twice in uh, the league. And they just have so much more quality at most positions. And I just think they're yeah. going to... And I think Xavi is a good coach. Mm-hmm. Some would disagree. No, I but think I think they... I think they are going to have a very tough time stopping that team, but right. they have two two months to figure that out, and that's they the do. key. Yeah, you have two months to get that done. I'm um, Inter was really the winner of this. Oh, absolutely. I'd say I had to come at the end. Perfect. Yeah, like that's a good draw mm-hmm. for what you could get. Yeah, Atleti definitely can beat Inter. Definitely not saying that, but yeah, like, of course, as an Inter fan, like I. That's a winnable draw. It'll be fun. We'll definitely talk about it more in depth as it gets closer. Of course. Um, always love seeing Diego Simeone at Interista <laughs> come do his old stomping grounds. <laughs> well, you know, there's going to be some interesting matchups. Uh, let's just put it that way, right? I mean, there's plenty plenty to, to witness here. Uh, Inter Atletico should be a good good matchup. Good two legs there. I think we should get a nice matchup. Uh, nothing. I, I'm expecting like goals everywhere just because of the way that Diego mm-hmm. Simeone plays. And I think, uh, uh, sorry, I think Inzaghi is going to have to likely, you know, account for the way that uh, they do play. And they do have a good defense. So with that said, uh, as far as Napoli is concerned, I'm just hoping Barcelona's worst shows up on that day. I'm not exactly fond of Barcelona. So there's that. <laughs> uh, I'm just hoping that Napoli just show up after I trashed on them for like five solid <laughs> minutes there. Yes, I did just do yes. that. But moving on from that, uh, there is uh, Europa League, right? So we talked about Milan playing Ren on February 15th. Roma playing their favorite opponent. Their Three favorite years opponent. That's right. Feyenoord. I mean, there's got to be bad blood building up between these two teams at this point, right? Oh, Feyenoord definitely. They need this. Oh, they do. <laughs> They've yeah, been absolutely. staring down this contest. They're like, yep, this, we're locked in. This has to be ours. How many yellow cards are we estimating? Because we got to play some bets here, right? Over the two legs, eleven. Honestly, over under eleven and a half. I will take that. I will take the over (laughs) on that. Honestly, I'm fully expecting uh, over eleven yellow cards just just on Roma's end. I don't even know what Feyenoord (laughs) is going to be about, but uh, Milan should be able to make it out against Ren, right? I mean, that that's a 
that's a relatively simple expectation, right? I agree. Yes. They they should beat them. But again, we don't know like what uh like what Milan are gonna show up. So That's like if point. Milan don't show up, then Rens will take advantage of that. We saw in the game against Villarreal, like they can score goals. They can. And so if Milan don't show up and be their best, like they haven't in a lot of Europe European competition this year. Um, like for four or five of those games in UCL, they did not show up. Yeah. So are they going to get up for this Europa League? We'll see. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they wake up. And uh, speaking of uh, somebody who doesn't have to wake up actually for this because they don't have a uh, game. Atalanta, they won their group. So they're good yeah. for uh, this period of time. They get a break with much deserved, much deserved break, right? 12 points or what was it? 14, 14 points. My bad. Not bad. That's good. Well earned. Um, with that, let's uh, finish up with the Conference League here. And, uh, well, you know, I think Fiorentina is at They'll the top of their group. They're good. Um, you know, as far as matchups, anything that stands out to you for Fiorentina? I mean, you want to avoid Betis. Outside that, that's really the only team that you should be concerned about advancing. Ajax is not the team that they always are. No. So that is a very winnable contest, but Betis is really the only team where I look at and I'm like, yeah, that's a good side. Frankfurt aren't good. No. They just lost a Saarbrucken uh, in the cup, which that was like, I mean, they also beat Bayern to be fair, like Saarbrucken. Yeah. But still, that's, no, you don't lose that game. Well, I mean, uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of months here. Uh, and we've got, we've got to wait a little while, of course, because February is a bit of a ways away. But I think overall, it's been a good couple of weeks of City Eye action. We've got a good coming weekend, right, starting tomorrow uh, at 12.30 with uh, Fiorentina and Torino and uh, Napoli and Monza, uh, 12.30. Paramount Plus, per usual. And uh, that's another thing uh, we should probably talk about somewhat soon. We have not heard much of anything on the Serie A rights uh, stateside mm-hmm. as far as the 2024 season, which is odd, right? Not not exactly uh, sure why that is because uh, season's coming up pretty quickly. I mean, it's not exactly far off. We're talking. Yeah, I'd be about... devastated if it wasn't Paramount. Well, there's been some I mean, odd I rumors. But like, just like Paramount's been so good. They for have a hundred percent. So I just hope they continue. I agree. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I like their the coverage. I think Morning Footies become much better. They've expanded, mm-hmm. improved the product. They've added uh, really good, compelling content. And then let's not let's not joke about the fact that they've they've done a great job of of actually doing advertising, marketing for this by sending their teams on on site to different cities, right? Those are great, great tactics. Uh, they yeah. had the, the um, Milan Inter matchup um, last yeah, season in Boston. in Boston, right? That was pretty great. Those, those things like things like that, that ESPN never bothered with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. So yeah. I would love to see them picking up the rights as well. We just haven't heard anything about it, which is really weird. Not going to lie. Um, I have heard Apple TV might be interested or Apple might be interested in this. I'd like that. That'd be an interesting one as well, right? Would you be okay for that? 
yeah, they're when you watch MLS games, their product is so good. Not the football on the field, but the <laughs> actual like, cameras, the amount, like yeah. everything is yeah, so yeah. good. It's high quality. Like it's beautiful. It's great. It's crisp television. I have not subscribed to it. So how's it commentating? It's good. They get all the guys that like Taylor Tolman does it. Charlie Davies does it. Um, they get all, they got all the guys that were already doing MLS. So oh, they're okay. knowledgeable that works. on it. So I imagine they would get like Patrick Kendrick. Um, and like, I assume Bonetti and Drake Cordero and all those guys. It is it is an intriguing prospect given their production value and and that is noticeable to me just based on you know looking at the app. Uh, I am worried mm-hmm. that that would decrease Serie reach in the U.S. significantly, right? Because you go from Paramount Plus to Apple TV Plus. But we will see, right? We got plenty of time to talk about this. I'm sure something's going to come out about it uh, sometime soon. Either way, mm-hmm. we'll we'll be here. We'll cover it. Uh, and as always. Thank you for joining us this week. We will be back tomorrow with a preview episode for the upcoming matchups. Again, Robbie, thank you for joining me. And as always, thanks for having me. As always, no, no, if you take away one thing, no, 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 fours no, no, no. Uh, in turn. Oh, Let's go, come boys. On. Give me a break. You've been in first place for a while now. I think you can stop gloating. You can stop gloating. No. You know, there's 20, humility. Two, humility. One game to go. Nope. We're humility. locked in laser. Have you heard of humility? Have you heard of that? I'll have humility after match day 38. (laughs) That's that's oh, that's when it starts. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Ciao.